that's season two. Holy crap, this is season two, y'all. <laughs> but listen, <laughs> this episode is one giant pop culture reference. Just back to back to back. Every name, every insult, everything is a reference to another thing. The episode in and of itself is a reference to American Idol. Okay, but not just American Idol, because that's just the knockoff of the knockoff of the original knockoff of that other show. It's so much. And it basically all of my notes for this episode are just pop culture references. And then I put a special set into the episode today that I'm excited to share with you a little bit later. Okay, so should we start the podcast? Let's get into it. Showtime. This is To the Blueberry! Season 2. American Duos! In fact, Season 2, Episode 1, American Duos. I'm Alexis, and I am a real-life Gus. I'm Kaylee, and I'm a real-life Sean. And we are an all-American duo. We've been referencing this episode, like, for most of Season 1. We're just ready yeah, for we it. Have been. <laughs> this is it, guys. This is where we were at. We are a best friend duo who decided to put together a podcast about our favorite show, Psych, so that we could have a good reason to talk to one another every week. Buddy comedies for the win. We are in for season two, episode one, American Duos. And as we said, this entire episode is one giant pop culture reference, so get ready. Ooh. And we open with middle of the screen, 1987. Little baby Sean and little baby Gus. Okay, so this is Lil Sean number three. Is this Lil Gus number four? No, I think it's the same Lil Gus as the end of the last season. It's definitely not. Really? Because I got a memo at the end of the last episode that said that episode was Isaiah Brown's last appearance on site. Oh. Maybe I was just too distracted by their hair. They have such good hair. <laughs> the wigs on these children. <laughs> to that point, Gus is dressed as Michael Jackson. Like full red leather thriller Michael Jackson. And Sean is dressed as Roland Orzabo. I really, I didn't even look it up. Is it Tears for Fears? I think so. Yeah. yeah. That's Shout. I'm sure that was the name. I just don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Roland because Orzabo or Orzabo. I mean... Okay, here's the thing, though. They don't even say the name Kurt Smith, but he comes up a hell of a lot in the show, y'all. Like, Yeah, he does. <laughs> this is, like, the beginning of it. I love it. They're at, like, a talent show, right? And Sean is holding up a shout record, the Tears for Fears shout, and he gets so upset at Gus because he's not dressed like Billy Ocean. Because why would Michael Jackson sing with Roland Orzabal? Why would Billy Ocean? Because he's awesome. They get into this whole thing, and then finally, they're like, fine, let's just do it. And they open up the curtain after they're announced, and we cut to present day, green logo, psych office. Scream green logo. We are watching the television, and we are watching bad auditions on the television. Gus loves it. There's no talking. There's no answering the phone. There's no muting. There's no pausing during duos. Um... Why do we even have TiVo? 
Which I took as another reference because TiVo was a huge deal. It was before DVRs, children. It was before uh-huh. instant streaming and binge watching. Like, you could record your shows, speed them up frame by frame. Like, you get it. Sean's like, we're shelling out money for this and we can't even, like, pause during. <laughs> What's the point? We have three judges up on the screen who stop two young women singing, she'll be coming around the mountain. Which comes back. We, we need to keep that because that comes back. Pin. The first judge is Nigel St. Nigel, played by the one and only Tim, Tim Curry. Curry. And he plays this part so well. I'm building a section into this episode called Nigel St. Nigel, Not So Nice. Because he is a grade A... Asshole. He's an asshole. Good answer. Good answer. (laughs) The second judge is Amelia. Emelina Saffron. And she's either like asleep or high as a kite. Okay, so the super critical British guy, obviously a nod to... What's his nuts? Simon Cowell. Thank you. And the kind of dippy brunette is supposed to be... Our original second host judge from Idol, right? What was her name? Oh, shoot. I'm, I'm going to go to 80s jail. Straight up, not tell me. <laughs> oh, is it Paula Abdul? Paula Abdul. Thank you. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And Gus is like, this show is super original because our third judge. Zapato. Is he? Okay. I kept getting like Enrique Iglesias vibes. Yeah. I got Enrique Iglesias. I got Ricky Martin. But Gus was just, look, he's Latino. He's not black. That's different. Because he's not the nice judge from Idol, who, whose name I don't remember. Randy Jackson? Yes. <laughs> I also did not watch a lot of Idol, but I remember being at our friend Matt's house when it was like finale-ing one time. But we get a rant from Gus about it, and then we get a... Gus, don't be. Yes. And this time it's what? Gus, don't be a rabbit porcupine. (laughs) (laughs) And then he says, this is just another knockoff of that other knockoff off the original knockoff of that other show. He does say, for the love of Lori Laughlin, why can't we TiVo this? Which is our, I think our first official quote unquote pop culture reference from this episode. Yes. The phone rings. Gus is losing it. Just don't be a rabid porcupine. No calls during duos, but it's Jules. As he continues to explain why duos is so different, he said, because there's two of them. They have to mesh, become one soul, like Viger and Stephen Collins in Star Trek 1. Viger? V apostrophe G-E-R. Girl, I didn't watch Star Trek 1. Is that the movie? It is. Yeah. I only watched the original series. I didn't go in on okay. the movies yet. That's more than I want. Might be. <laughs> well, I also watched Next Gen and I started another one. Anyway, but Jules calls. <laughs> the last thing to point out about American Duos is that it's being hosted in Santa Barbara this year. And that makes up for everything. It's Juliet on the phone. And they're kind of arguing about whether or not Sean should answer. Right. But Sean does answer. And then we get the feeling that she says, hey, are you doing anything? And he screams, nothing, not a single thing. We'll be right there. (laughs) We are at the Santa Barbara Police Department, and they're talking about canceling TiVo. No, Sean's saying, I am canceling TiVo. No more frame by frame and no more ghost cats. (laughs) 
I didn't know what Ghost Cat was. I had to look it up. I didn't know it was real. Yeah, it is. Oh, no. It's another reference. Gus is like, no spoilers about Duo. Juliet said, well, that's going to be kind of hard because. Yeah, she's like, sorry Nigel Saint about not it. so nice. <laughs> Nigel Saint not so nice. Is in Chief Vic's office and he's looking for help. Yeah, right. So he's looking to dictate exactly what kind of help he gets. And Chief has her boss pants on and she's like, you're going to take what I give you because it's exactly what you asked for. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> he is not impressed by Sean and Gus. And that is him being not so nice. Number two. Number one was when he was being not so nice to the women singing. She'll be coming around the mountain. And this is number two. And yes, Kaylee, we are going to count every time that Nigel is not so nice throughout this episode. You'll be surprised. Oh, I doubt I'll be surprised. It's constant. He does not want the police to help him because number three, they're useless. And then he looks around the room and yells at Juliet and tells her to, number four, stop slouching. He says there have been various attempts on his life and he believes it to be a conspiracy and he can't trust anybody. And every time he gets a new security detail, they get closer to actually killing him. His car's been tampered with, his trailer's been broken into, accidents happen everywhere he goes, dot dot dot. Chief Vic is deciding that she's going to send Sean and Gus undercover and nobody outside of that room is going to know that they're going undercover to protect Nigel St. Not So Nice. And Gus or Sean is like, well, what about Lassiter? Or maybe that was Juliet. I don't know. I want to say maybe Sean, he was like, not even Lassie, who's out at his desk right then. Nigel St. Not So Nice, number five, says absolutely not. His hair looks like it's been poured out of a cake mold. Aww. Which is... Both him being mean number five and a good hair reference. Uh, yeah, I wrote down hair mold. But Sean starts his spectacleness, and he starts going, it's almost like you need someone who can anticipate things that are going to happen before they can even occur. He's like, you clearly need a psychic. And Nigel's very much like, um, bruh, spare me. Can you do it or not? Sean decides that he has a plan. And they're asking him for the plan, and Sean goes, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you wanted us to be stealth, which stealth comes up more often in this series than I expected it to. Never, super never jotted that down as a recurring thing, but now it is. Yeah, we are. At the auditions, we get some more of the audition process, and then we get introduced to our next duo auditioning, introducing Sean Spenstar and Gus T.T. Showbiz. Emelina starts talking to them and asking them, like, why they're interested in the show, and then just starts dead staring off to space Literally and not stopping. finishing her sentence. Yeah, in the middle yeah. of her sentence. <laughs> Nigel saying not so nice goes, like, let's just get on with it. And the boys start singing. Well, first they start warming up. Oh, yeah. Keep tonight. <laughs> and he goes, you're warm. You're red hot. Let's go. <laughs> they're singing Take On Me. Really, really badly. Like in terrible falsetto. And they're not even singing the same verse. And they're not even singing the correct words. Oh, super not. Neither of them, I think. At this point, Emelina takes off one of her shoes and is just holding it. This is a thing that happens with her a lot. The removal and the putting on of and the showing her foot on the table. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, she is obviously out of it because she said, I mean, I love your style because you both chose to wear purple. In the meantime, 
like Gus is in a blue striped shirt and Sean is in a gray shirt. I wrote ugly stripes. We get ugly stripes all through this episode and I'm going to keep a watch for it because I don't think they die out throughout this season. We keep seeing these terrible multicolored striped shirts and they're like kind of shiny. I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> Nigel pushes them through so that they can go to the second round because of course they're being his bodyguards for lack of a better term. Well, Emelina says no and she's supposed to be the dippy nice judge. And then before Zapato can even cast his vote, Nigel just goes, no, he votes yes. No, of course he votes yes. Moving on, moving on. He did tell the boys that it was real. It was rough. Post, post, postmodern, yet challenging. Sandpaper-esque. Number six. Because <laughs> that was shade, if I've ever seen it yep. thrown. He stands up and screams next, like end of story, nobody challenge me. And then the light smashes the table right in front of him where he was sitting. The host of American Duos, his name is Lester. What and is his he... last name? Because he's kind of a weasel. Yeah, he just doesn't care. He's a weasel. Like, all and he cares about is the show. Yeah, very Ryan Seacrest. He looks very Ryan Seacrest. They did a good job casting that as the farce or Ryan Seacrest. Lester's like, it's an accident. Get over it. We're good. And Nigel, saying not so nice, says, you daft punk. Number seven, also a good pop culture reference. I wrote reference slash insult. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Jules runs up to the guys and she's like, what the heck was that? That was a train wreck and you need to get it together. You terrible, terrible people. What do you have planned for the next round? What could you possibly have picked? And Jules, those aha guys are Norwegian. They didn't even know the words they were singing. <laughs> and he says for their next performance, he's like, obviously Yankee Rose by David Lee Roth. And she kind of balks and he goes, what, too obvious? Like... <laughs> Dig deeper into the obscure, why don't you? <laughs> David Lee Roth. Juliet finally just walks away. I can't be seen with you guys, and not just because you're undercover. And just bolts out because she's pretty embarrassed by them. Gus is like, we have a tough job ahead of us because it could literally be anyone. Nigel's super hateable. Everyone's a suspect. I hate him. <laughs> there have been nine previous incidents in nine different cities. So that means it must be someone who's been there the whole time. But that doesn't rule that many people out because that's crew, that's cast, that's fans. That's when they see Bevan Rennie Llewellyn. I said intro to Sing Song Guy. He's in line. He's singing really, really well. He's warming up much better than Sean and Gus did. And they're asking him where his partner is. And he's like, oh, that's my hook. I sing both parts. But first they introduce themselves. I was going to say, we get a, this is my partner, dot, dot, dot. And he introduces him. This is my partner, Gus T.T. Showbiz. The extra T is for extra talent. Beautiful. Yeah, we find out this guy's name is Bevan Rennie Llewellyn. I noticed during part of this conversation that James Rodé Rodriguez has a left ear piercing that is not occupied by anything. I saw a, that too. Yeah, hole in his lobe. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't in this scene when I saw it. It was in the Henry, Sean, very, very close talking scene. I did not notice that they were talking that close. Oh my gosh. When we get there, you'll remember, I promise. I mean, I, I remember when it happens now that I'm thinking about it because they're like whisper screaming, but, mm -hmm. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> they walk away from 
Bevan, Runny, Llewellyn, and Sean's just like, he did it. And Gus is like, you just talked to him. You, how do you, how do you even think that it might've been him? And then these cowboys come crashing out from the audition stage. Cause they just made it through too. And the one guy is super talky. He's like lanky and he's super excited and he's got this. That's Chance. Chance. Okay. I didn't remember his name. I only wrote down the other name. Rance. Rance. <laughs> That's Chance and Rance. He's super peppy, super happy, this Chance guy. And they talk, and Rance isn't saying anything. He's kind of giving a long stare to Sean, and you're getting vibes. And then <laughs> we get our Nigel St. Not So Nice number eight, where he said, Nigel just called us a curious cocktail of inbreeding and type 2 diabetes. But he let us through anyway. <laughs> they walk away from those two, and Sean goes, oh, never mind. They did it. <laughs> Sean and Gus are on a catwalk. This is an appropriate use of the word catwalk, finally. They're on the catwalk where the lights are hanging. On the catwalk. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I guess, hmm, I'm a theater nerd, and so that's what we always call the word catwalk. But you're right. That's also what they call. A model catwalk. Yeah. Darn it. Okay. Well, they're on the light version. Up in the back of the theater where all the lights are hanging. And they're looking down, and there's a dancing duo going on. Jules is standing right behind them. They're, like, popping, locking, and breaking a little bit. And so is Juliet. Oh, she's following right along. And then she's, like, catching herself and, like, smoothing back her hair. And, like, I wasn't doing anything. I'm just standing here like an observant lady. The gentlemen believe that it's possible that the light was intentionally loosened or dropped from the catwalk. And that's why they were up there checking it out. And then they get caught by Lester, the butt face. I love that you've named him the butt face. Um, yes. And he's like, guys, um, get the hell down. You're not authorized. <laughs> <laughs> Nigel St. Nigel is in his trailer, and that's where the boys are headed. This is where we get Nigel St. Not So Nice number nine, which is, how do you expect me to carry you two howler monkeys through tomorrow? Howler monkey? They were caterwauling, though. Which is that's fair. what I like to describe what I do. <laughs> the boys think that they're going to be okay. Nigel, St. Nigel's like, fine, I'm just going to go smoke. But Sean doesn't want him to because, as we discovered in the Spelling Bee episode, smoking is bad for your health. <laughs> so he grabs the metal cigarette case and we get some more lovely gifts of references. Because not only does Nigel, St. Nigel go, give it back. But but he says, that was a gift from Les McEwen from Bay City Rollers. It's a very expensive. And then Sean throws it into a puddle of water that's been exposed to some live wire. And you get like all the sparks and the shocks. And, and it's just an electric accident waiting to happen. The box catches on fire. The sparks are everywhere. Nigel passes out. Now, Kaylee, do you know the song that the Bay City Rollers is most popular for? I'm not going to be surprised when you tell me. Please tell me. It is one of my go-to karaoke songs. And the song is called Saturday Night. And for all of you out there listening, it's the one that goes S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y Night! That's the Bay City Rollers. Because when you say Saturday Night, immediately Elton John popped in my head and I was like, that's not it. Yeah. Those are the two. But they're both good ones. We are at SPPD with Lassie and Buzz McNabb. Oh, Buzz. 
Lassie has demanded that everyone from American duos be brought down to the station, and Buzz is like, um, everyone? And he's trying so hard to warn Lassie about something. They're walking towards the interrogation room downstairs, and he's like, but, um, I mean, Sean and Gus are sitting right there. Lassiter just turns around and looks at Buzz and says, go get me a cup of coffee. Ooh, burn. This is, I think, the third time that Lassiter has sent Buzz for coffee. It's been a recurring thing. Like, he yeah. he turns into Lassie's gopher when he makes Lassie unhappy. Lassiter goes out. And John said, don't you want to ask us if we did it? Gus said, ask him. I plead the fifth. And then they have this, like, yeah, moment. <laughs> Lassie has no time for them. And I don't have that much more for this part, but they run up to Jules in SVPD, and they're like, Jules, Jules, we need you to choreograph us, please. Sean knows. He says, I can feel it in my heart that you can get into the groove, song reference. We need to step it up, movie reference, literally, and we need to stomp the yard, movie reference, figuratively. Gus is completely silent throughout this whole part. He's nodding and making faces and being such a ham, and it's hilarious. I couldn't take my eyes off him. Bossy Pants Juliet comes out, and I love Bossy Pants Juliet, and she just screams, sit. Mm -hmm. And they're talking. Juliet's like, I can't do it. I was a cheerleader once. I was in a play, and it closed on the second night. She, and <laughs> she went to cheerleader camp, and she was kicked out after about a week. And they're like, kicked out. I don't like liars who steal nail polish, then pass out when you slap them a little bit on the back of the head. She was such a badass. Of course she was going to be. She was. She <laughs> still is. Youngest female detective. Sean is like, we need help. We need somebody to stand in the way of us because Gus is very stubborn. We need a guiding force. A Svengali, if you will. There's the word. Svengali. She goes, uh, I think I would know if I was a Svengali. I'm not a Svengali which is a movie reference from both 1931 and 1983. Is the movie just called Svengali? It is. Huh. Never saw those movies. They say, never mind. They walk away, and then Juliet gives in and screams, come on, and then she decides she's going to choreograph for them. So Lassie is interrogating Zapato. And he calls him Zapato. <laughs> and then just like acts like it doesn't matter that he called him by the wrong name. And I just want a public service announcement that names are very important. Yeah, super not cool, bruh. Bum, bum, bum. Niceness. <laughs> Zapato is, I, he makes a reference to one of his songs. He's like, everybody knows me. I was the first one hired for the show. Blaster was something about everybody loves Raymond and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so that was a reference. And I was like, I don't get the line why it had to be hammed in there, but. Zapato says, have you never seen the show? And Lassiter was like, well, I've seen it a hundred times. I'm sure I'd remember you if you were there. And he was like, well, I'm the one who sits on the left. I was the first one hired for the show. I have a gold record. It was called Mirama. Mira, Mirama. Mirama. Emelina comes in. Oh. <laughs> Emelina? Emelina, yeah. Okay, comes in and immediately Lassiter calls her the Bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> Well, she has a pop golf reference. A weird, shocking highlight in her bangs. <laughs> I like it. She's out of it. She's on a cocktail of prescription medications. Lassiter says to her, you know, your trailer was right by his, and you have a reason to hate Nigel St. Nigel. And she said, well, everybody hates him. 
that's when Lassiter goes. And everybody loves Raymond, so what's the point? That probably didn't need to be in there, but I was happy to hear it from Lassie. I don't know why I wrote this, but I just have Lassie answers fast. And it's just like a big, he's very quippy. He's very like on top of it. Yeah. Giving like 1930s detective vibes. <laughs> Lassie is like, I'm going to leave you here because I have a reason to believe it was you. She has an assault with a deadly weapon charge in her past, but she doesn't want to talk to Lassie. And that's when Lassie says. I, I have a thing though. Because she explains the assault with a deadly weapon. She said the quote-unquote weapon was a forklift and it was a publicity stunt. And like... And I was quote-unquote drunk. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so that never really went anywhere. But yeah, yeah, he gets real into it and he's like... Listen, you're going to confess or you and I are going to turn on the hot lights, do the Lindsay hop and see who cracks first. To which she responds, now you're trying to seduce me and is very into it. Also, I'm very into it. Lassity ends with, I never thought I'd say this, but I think he just goes, ew. (laughs) So I Googled Lindsay hop because I figured it was something. And it's actually called the Lindy hop. Mm-hmm. L-I-N-D-Y and it's like a swing dance so they absolutely Be- isn't that, that because of is it named oh I, I don't want to get into the what ifs but Lucky Lindy was the guy who made the cross-continental flight right I believe you anyway <laughs> we are kicking it old school with these references with Lassie since the trailer blew up Nigel Saint not so nice is in a hotel and Which, was he like staying in his trailer before i don't know i I think he may have already been staying in the hotel because he has a standing order with the hotel to have like sandwiches delivered tuna salad niçois sandwich yes sean and gus are walking nigel saint nigel to his hotel room just to make sure everything's okay there's kind of this bellhop cart that's just chilling in the hallway and sean immediately clocks these little tiny fake swords that they're using instead of toothpicks, which are like my favorite things ever. (laughs) Nigel St. Nigel looks at the gentleman and says, you'll never make it as bodyguards. And Gus is like, well, we're not bodyguards. And Nigel said, number 11, you'll never make it as anything. Ooh. They walk in. The tuna niswa salad sandwich is chilling in the room. And Nigel St. Not So Nice says that's not a big deal. It's his standing order that he has with the kitchen. They're kind of ready to eat. He's salting it, which is kind of weird to me. And Sean just grabs the sandwich. And again, he's like, give me it. (laughs) (laughs) Give it back. And that's when Sean does his Tim Curry no. At Tim Curry. Yes. I almost died. I don't know if we pointed this out in a previous episode, but we keep talking about this weird no that Sean does. I think we said that it definitely reminded us of Tim Curry in a previous mm-hmm. episode because even my mom was reminded of Tim Curry when she <laughs> randomly heard it in an episode. I'm pretty sure it got brought up and I think it got left in the episode once we edited. John gets ready. He throws the sandwich and then he's like, it's... And there's this back and forth with Gus. Do you have this by chance? No, I don't. Um, I just I just have uh, Nigel's like, what is it with you and throwing my things? <laughs> <laughs> Sean goes, it's delicious. No. 
herb crusted? No, it's not from the hotel kitchen. It's poisoned. That was Sean and Gus back and forth. It was very, very funny in the episode because we got a delicious. Ooh, we did get a delicious. I didn't even write that down. Santa Barbara Police Department. Chief Vic, Sean, Gus, Nigel St. Not So Nice. Wow, I love that you did the breakdown. Oh, I, I just did. have poison confirmed. And do you have anything more from the group before we do the quotey bit? Oh, yes, because we have Nigel St. Not So Nice number 13. Where? Is that number 13? That might be number 12. Where <laughs> Nigel says, your hotel detail couldn't even manage one room. The gentlemen leave because they need to practice for their audition tomorrow. <laughs> Gus asks how Sean knew that the sandwich was poisoned. And Sean says, well, that's easy. The bread only had 82 sesame seeds on it, and all the others in the hotel had 87. <laughs> and Gus is like, really? He's like, no, dude. All the sandwiches from the hotel have the little swords in them. This one didn't. It had toothpicks. I'm not Rain Man, Gus. You sing like Rain Man. <laughs> culture. Right there. I like it. Zing. Lassiter runs out and he said, you missed something. We found Prince. Was he in a little red Corvette? Under the cherry moon? No. Which, fingerprints, you idiots. At 441 today at work on the radio, guess what Prince song was playing? Little red Corvette? I was so happy. Nice. <laughs> Also, fingerprints, yes. And he says, and the poison was a mixture of drugs and the prints belonged to Emelina and we're cross-referencing the drugs with her prescriptions and guess what? We're gonna arrest her. Conveniently, she's still in interrogation and she's high slash coming down from her high. She really needs her bag and she wakes up and Lassie comes into focus and then she calls him Mr. Bean. <laughs> Tony Randall? So he's like yelling at her to confess and he's like, we know what you did, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, please, just give me my bag, Tony Randall. <laughs> <laughs> two pop culture references and two beautiful Lassiter nicknames. So in this scene, we get Lassie with the toothpick again. And I'm like, yes, did you steal that from a sandwich? Why do you have a toothpick again? <laughs> so I kept staring at that toothpick because it had this like weird bulb on the end of it. I kept thinking it was maybe a match, but I don't know why Lassie would be chewing on a match. It was just weird. Lassiter says, you're an even worse liar than my ex-wife. Ooh, ex-wife. Ex-wife. I don't have the next quote, but I remember it being funny. <laughs> she is a, 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 obnoxiously into Lassiter and said something along the lines of, oh, do you have a hole in your heart? You can fill it with saffron. Oh, she was just like, fill it with saffron. <laughs> <laughs> Which was disturbing. And he was disturbed. Lassiter gets up and immediately leaves. He walks out into the other room where Chief Vic is hanging out. And Emmeline is like tweaking, for lack of better terms. I need my bag. I need my bag. She's smacking her head on the table. She's flailing her arms. Chief Vic isn't so sure that it was actually her. Huh. Lassiter was like, she's good, but I'm better. Wait for it. I'm going to crack her like a bad back. Oh, <laughs> y'all. Oh, my God. Alexis colored that coloring book page 
of that quote. That is gorgeous. Psychedelic. Very good colored pencils. Just got a new pencil sharpener today. Super fun. It's very fitting for Emelina. (laughs) (laughs) The next thing I have is that we are at the psych office and we get another glimpse of the green psych logo on the window. And through the window, we see Jules in a really wonderful 80s-esque workout outfit, like a dance outfit. They're having dance lessons with Juliet and Shout by Tears for Fears is playing. (laughs) And they're doing this like really intense dance. I like it. I want to do it. But then she kind of freaks out and just goes fully aerobicize in the middle. And I'm like, I don't think the boys are going to want to do that on stage. There's some like full flash dance, like toe steps, head flailing, hair flailing. It's real good. I like it, but I'm a fat person. <laughs> but like not for the boys. They don't have the hair to whip. So That's true. Um, they can't whip it back and forth. <laughs> she realizes they're not following along. She gets super intense. And I, I don't exactly know where she goes with all of it. But she's like, you have to need it. You have to need it the way that both Hall and Oates needed it. Well, maybe Oates a little bit more. She's like, can I teach you how to crump? Maybe. And she goes through all these other things. She's like, can I teach you how to do this and that and that? Yeah, sure. Probably. But I can't make you want it. And like, she's like, uh, just, did she beat on her chest or did I just imagine it? Like, she's that intense. You have to feel it from here. And she points to her her heart. And then she's like, and here. And she points to her stomach. You have to feel it in your heart and in your gut. Mm. Is what I kind of got from that. And I think... Is it Sean who asks if she's okay? And she's like, sharp as cheddar. (laughs) Sean is not sure why they're still trying so hard because there's a suspect in custody. Yeah, Jules flat out says, Emelina is doubtful at best because she's barely lucid enough to function as a human, let alone plan a series of attacks. So why are we counting our chickens before they hatch, boys? She could be like Kaiser Sorze. With one shoe? So Kaiser Soze is a the usual suspects reference, which is awesome. The scene is just really intense with Juliet, and they have to end with practicing the dying robot. Yeah, the dying melting robot. Melting robot, yes. <laughs> and then we go back to the hotel. Nigel St. Nigel is sitting in the room by himself. Remember that pin we put in earlier, everyone? He starts humming. <laughs> She'll be coming round, round when she comes. And he does it with, like, the same, like, chuk, 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 chuk yeah. beat that the auditioners were doing. It's wonderful. There's a knock on his door, and he looks through the people, and it's Buzz. I love Buzz so much. I'm so I glad he's Buzz. in this one. Every time I write Buzz on my notes, I put a little heart next to him. <laughs> Nigel St. Nigel. Nigel St. Not So Nice. Number 13. Took you long enough. I assumed you were dead. Buzz brought him microwave noodles, like a cherry cream pie or something yeah convenience store food he brings in convenience yes. store food and nigel's not so happy he's denigrating the whole experience he throws his noodles in the microwave after pouring fizzy water fizzy yeah. carbonated water into his cup of noodles we, we're both okay. <laughs> we both went silent making faces about it like that doesn't work for the podcast but it feels right yeah <laughs> He's sitting in his room while the noodles are cooking. There's another knock at the door. 
it's Buzz again. That's when Nigel St. Not-So-Nice does his number 14, which is, oh, bugger off, you silly giraffe. Ah, uh, and Buzz just says, you smell something burning? And they both kind of look at the microwave as it's going four, three, two. Buzz grabs him and falls back out into the hallway with him just as it explodes. And I was like, hero Buzz. Buzz knows his bombs. I'm just putting it out there. And then this is it, everyone. It happens. We are headed to some unknown location to keep Nigel St. Not-So-Nice safe. It is Sean, Gus, and Nigel. Nigel is in the back seat, and he says, I feel like I've been incarcerated in a blueberry. <laughs> this car makes me want to weep, then die. Oh my god, we got a blueberry name! It's named. That was Nigel Not So Nice number 15, but it was also the first reference to Gus's car being called the blueberry. I was terrified we were going to have to wait for Ralph Macchio. I could not remember who named it. (laughs) This is the episode where the blueberry gets his name. And this is the episode where our podcast gets its name. And finally makes sense. (laughs) I love it. I love it. They are at Henry's house. Beach looks real different. They drive up the beach and it looks real different. Than yeah. the street we've seen outside Henry's and the beach across the way from Henry's that we've seen previously. It looks like Canada, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Nigel St. Not-So-Nice says, Who lives here? The Borringtons? That's number 16. And Sean says, There's a better than decent chance this goes poorly. Gus, I don't care. I'm starving. And just head straight to the house. Because as we discovered in episode four, no, in the Scary Sherry episode, Henry puts out a good spread. Um, Henry's always cooking food. He's at least always grilling. Like, this man has his priority straight. Baths, robes, food. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll get to those robes. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, yes, we will. But we do a lot of back and forth here. So we're cutting back to SBPD. Emmeline is still in interrogation, and she's banging on the glass, and she says, Come on, Count Chocula! Give me my bag! I know you're in there! And then she starts freaking out because she's lucid and she got something to say. So I want to go back to Count Chocula really quickly. It's a really good call out of Lassiter. It is. It is a very good call out. He looks like Count Chocula. (laughs) This is an Amazon note. This is not an Alexis note. Ooh. Tell. In Robot Chicken, the television show, Count Chocula plays a judge on Zombie Idol in one of the episodes. And it's Zombie Idol, which is making fun of American Idol, AKA American duos. And Count Chocula is a judge, AKA Emelina is a judge. They did it full circle. Wow. I've never seen Robot Chicken. I've I heard, I've heard yeah. things, but yes. <laughs> Emelina says, come in here. I'm lucid. I have something to tell you. I remember now. Don't make me pee on something. Again. Again. And Lassie's sitting there with a glass of milk, by the way, which Ew. And a sandwich. He's eating a sandwich with his feet up and he just like, he flails and then he runs as fast as he can to get into the interrogation room to keep her from peeing on things. Again. Emelina remembers that someone went through her purse. She was sleeping that night or that morning in the parking lot on a 
car, which usually she likes to sleep in a abandoned lifeguard station, but she didn't really want to make a scene. She said, I might have been dreaming, but it might have been a werewolf. But they were in my purse and I was asleep in the parking lot, so I wasn't even at the hotel, so I couldn't have attacked Nigel and someone else got the drugs. Like, alibi, alibi, alibi. Well, then why were your fingerprints all over Nigel St. Nigel's trailer? We hook up sometimes, which sounds fake, but okay, for the sake of the show. A girl's got needs, Kaylee. Yeah, but does Nigel have those needs (laughs) for her? That's a good question. The man who does not engage in physical touch with people who have arm hair. (laughs) Did we skip that or does that come up later? We skipped that because that was at the trailer. Anyway, I think at this point, after we know that Lassie doesn't believe her, we cut back to Henry's house. Okay, so before we start this scene, I just called this entire scene number 17. (laughs) Because it's it's rapid fire. It immediately begins with Nigel St. Not-So-Nice calling Henry Horace. And I wrote Henry's robe. And I wrote, Henry's bringing in the grilling. And he's very happy. They're the most perfect, evenly marinated. And Nigel's smiling real big. It's kind of creepy because he looks like the Grinch when he smiles real big. And he's like... I'm famished and those Philip Mel promising. Henry just kind of glares at him, drops the steak on the plate and said, it's a ribeye. And also Nigel's face changes too. And he looks down and looks back up. And I forget if Henry says anything, but Nigel's like, um, what is this supposed to be? It's still got the marks from where the jockey was hitting it. Like, apparently it's too rare for him, but he hasn't even cut it. So how does he know? Is it, like, bleeding on his plate? Doubtful. Also, yeah. that could be marinade, you idiot. Yeah. I actually took that as him making a joke that it was horse meat instead of beef. Oh. Hence jockey. Ah. But I've heard it both ways. Yeah. That scene doesn't go on for much longer before we're back at SPPD. Nope. And Emelina's free to go. Yeah, they've checked her alibi, 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 (laughs) and she gets her bag back, and she hugs Lassiter. Lassiter almost hugs her back. Yes? He, like, he lifts his arms, and they go around her, but they don't touch her. I'll never forget you! Middle of the hug. What was your name again? And that's when Lassiter just drops his arms, and he's like, (laughs) There's something, there's something happening here. (laughs) This is where we hit rapid fire. Oh, we're back at Henry's here, yeah. It starts with Nigel St. Nigel looking at Henry and saying, nose hair trimmer, invest. And Henry says, I forget what he says, but it's a Botox Botox joke. What what does he say? How does it feel not to have any feeling in your face? He's like, can you even still feel your face at this point? That's it. Yeah. He starts bashing his decorations, which he says... Were these designed by Chris Christopherson, <laughs> who was an American singer-songwriter who sang Me and Bobby McGee. Also, he's an actor who you might know from A Star is Born with Barbara Streisand and also the Blade movies with Wesley Snipes. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, he's an old hottie. Yeah. <laughs> he had very kind of Russell Crowe vibes to me when I saw him. Okay, just because I, 
I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I could see why you're saying that, and also I disagree. But I like this for Corbin Burnson slash Henry's like man figure, like. <laughs> <laughs> but Henry is offended, and he says, "I built that table." Next time, build a table out of a wood that does not start with drift. It's like a wood that has never drifted. That's it. He's so pompous. Henry is done. Don't worry, because <laughs> Gus sees the corn on the cob. And he's up, and he's at it, and he grabs it, and he brings back three pieces. And Sean goes for some, and Gus is not about it. He says, don't even try it, Sean. And Sean points out that he has three corn cobs. And he says, I will slap you. <laughs> so he's serious. They're all his. Nigel St. Nigel is wearing Henry's robe. And apparently it's the, it makes him feel like an angel baby swaddled in a cocoon of cloud candy. <laughs> Henry and Nigel St. Not So Nice are getting into it. Everything is kind of blowing up. And Henry's like, take off that robe. Take it off now. And Sean kind of stops them. No, I don't think you're thinking it through, Dad. And he kind of leans forward to talk to Henry and he tries to grab a piece of corn and it doesn't work. Uh, he gets slapped. <laughs> well, his hand gets slapped. Sean and Henry head into the living room and Henry said, he's not staying here. He violated basic robe code. You don't go commando in another man's robe. This is when they have their very close talking conversation. Yeah, because they're scream shouting in the next room. And right. Gus comes in, and I forget what he says. Wherever we landed, Sean finally said, Dad, there's too many suspects. We can't figure it out. And Henry shares some Henry wisdom, as he always does, that says, it's easy. Tighten your focus. Who does he victimize the most? And that's when Gus pops his head in and says, is that peach cobbler for everyone? Which, oh my god, what I wouldn't give for some peach cobbler, like, every night of my life. I just made peach cobbler last week. But, I have a question for you. Yeah. Is Gus talking about peaches a Holes reference? Dulé Hill played yeah. the nice guy in Holes who in the flashbacks. a can of sweet yeah. peaches. I didn't remember the peaches from Holes. It's been so long. I knew he was in it, but, oh my god. Sure, why not? <laughs> I mean, there this show gets better with the Holes references in the next mm -hmm. episode, maybe? Anyway. We are at Emelina's hotel room. She is going in to take a shower, like... Is she? She's spraying herself with perfume and fluffing her ratty hair in the mirror and just talking to herself, and there is a... Y'all, there is a shadow in her shower. And she turns around and she goes, Nigel, naughty, naughty. <laughs> the shadow guy hops through the shower curtain, taking the curtain with him, struggles with her, holds her down, and then we just see a second person in a syringe coming at her. Yeah, second person. I was like, <gasps> and then, okay, <laughs> no matter how many times I've seen this, I always get who did it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it with Drew and we, I mean, he sat down and he watched, I'm not kidding, Kaylee, one minute and 30 seconds of the episode and said, he did it. And I was like, I'm pretty sure you're right. 
Annie was. One minute, 30 seconds in. But yes, it's hard because there's another one because there's two. But no worries. We are at the SBPD. They're doing a talk down and it looks like it was an overdose. Nigel St. Nigel wants to cancel the shoot. And then Lester sucks some more. Oh, yeah. We might um, not be in SBPD. We might be at American Do It. Yeah, I think so. I said meeting to confer about what happened to Emelina and... Lester says no. <laughs> That's what I wrote. Yeah. Lester says we can't shut down. She was in the ICU like three times last season and we need to keep going. Like there have been enough delays. You weren't even attacked this time. Like calm down, bruh. Sean and Gus decide that they're going to go check out Emelina's hotel room where she was potentially overdosed. I wrote hallway sneak sneak. <laughs> They're being super stealth. <laughs> I wrote, not so sneaky, just because you're walking against a wall in a hallway, it does not make you invisible. But don't worry, they pretend it does when someone walks by or rolls by in a wheelchair. Very slowly. And they just slam themselves against the wall. <laughs> that was close. <laughs> um, so they're actually talking about how little Lester seemed to care about what happened to Emelina. And Gus is like, that guy really sucks. Sean is like, yeah, plus his hair. Gus said, hey, do you have a plan? And Gus said, I'm a lyrical gangster. Which is a shaggy reference. Okay, so I found it as a reference to Here Comes the Hot Stepper by Annie Camores. Camose. I-N-I-K-A-M-O-Z-E. Let me look up because if I got, okay, shaggy. Although, as far as lyrical gangster is concerned. I'm a lyrical gangster. You never heard? Oh, <laughs> maybe. Um, okay, there we go. But I mean, <sighs> yeah, blah, blah, blah. sure. Any camos, hot stepper? Yeah, that's the one. They get into the hotel room. There's absolutely no guard guarding the hotel room, which is why they were sneaking in the first place. And they end up going into the bathroom, which is where Emelina was found. And I just have to point out a plot hole right here. Ooh. There's a missing shower curtain and nobody cares. Why would her shower curtain be off the rungs if she overdosed herself? Solving it for him, baby. I'm just saying. Sean sees the shiny reflection when the lights go well, out. Well, yeah, we get a, damn, this seems clean. And then Gus leaves, Sean turns out the light and notices a little rainbow on the wall by his head. And so he keeps like turning the lights on and off and trying to locate where it's coming from. And it's... In the toilet. There's this little gem, little gem thing in the toilet. And as soon as Sean sees it, he recognizes it as part of Bevan's necklace. So just big loop. Bevan was the guy who was singing by himself. That was his hook, who was in line with Sean and Gus at the beginning of the episode. Mm -hmm. They have a fight about who's going to put their hand in the toilet to retrieve it. And they both refuse. So Sean calls Jules and he goes, I'm getting a really strong feeling about, uh, about Emelina's room. You need to get us in there as soon as you can. Bring gloves. <laughs> Juliet shows up. Sean has a psychic breakout. Juliet gets the gem out of the toilet and the boys do their She's happy She's like, this is incredible. How did you do this? <laughs> We're at the hospital with Emelina. And Lassiter is with Lassiter her. Lassiter is watching over her. And the boys have come to visit. 
I think Juliet's there too. Yes, Juliet brings Sean in because he had sent Gus home to check on Bevan. Ah, yeah. So Gus isn't there, but you know it is there. Pineapple hunt. It's got a little bow on it, and he puts it on our little hospital table. It's adorable. He walks in with a get well gift, and it is a pineapple. Whole thing. Oh my gosh. I love it when they show the whole thing. And we're not just like, is that a piece of pineapple on that pizza? (laughs) Sean said, I've come to see her. She was my favorite judge. I had such a crush on her when I was in high school. And that's when we start to see that Lassiter has a crush on her. He touches her hair. He brushes her hair away from her face. And he says, don't worry, I'll be right here with her. He he calls her wickedly erotic. (laughs) (laughs) Emelina wakes up and just looks at everyone and goes, look at me. And Lassiter goes, I'm right here, baby. (laughs) And then she slaps him. (laughs) And then she she points at her own eyes. Look at me. Sean starts to have a weird psychic moment where he's like, she's trying to tell us something. And then. But don't worry, because the phone rings. Yeah, he gets a call from Gus at the psych office. Sean's like, oh, I found Bevan. And I found him. And I found him. And I found him. Because he's been auditioning. He's doing his best William Hung at every stop. Yes. OG American Idol reference. Which nobody should make fun of that man. I have no need to. Also. You have no idea. Whether... Didn't he end up making a ton of money? So good for him. Good for him. But... Sean calls that the reference that means nothing to him. <laughs> and that's when Gus explains that he's going from stop to stop, singing very poorly, to make sure that he can re-audition at every stop. If he's been able to get so close to Nigel to make these attempts on his life in every city, he needs to have a partner on the inside. Sean has a moment and then finally goes, Dude, look at me! And Gus is like, what? And he goes, Look at me. I don't know. That's a bad accent. You could probably do it better. <laughs> no, I think you nailed it. <laughs> but there's also a picture on the computer of Bevan with Zapato when Bevan was a little boy. And I just wrote hideous stripes because there's another hideous striped shirt. <laughs> They're like, oh my God, it goes all the way to the top. <laughs> <laughs> we have a match. <laughs> the Cowboys are on stage at American Duos and they are singing Yellow Rose of Texas. I sang that in show choir in middle school. (laughs) Yeah, you did. I don't think that song is allowed these days. (laughs) (laughs) Sean and Gus end up knocking over a table that's covered with paint cans. Chief Vic is very perturbed when she sees them coming stumbling out. (laughs) I don't know what's going on here, but Gus wants to be the hero. And so immediately he screams, please accept our apologies. We just thought you might want to know that you're in the presence of a homicidal sociopath. And then Chance is like, oh, no, 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 no. He's not crazy. We have a doctor's note and everything. Nigel St. Nigel is 100% hiding behind the table. (laughs) Sean goes, uh, Nigel? And he like pops back up from where he was hiding. And it's breakdown time. Okay, here we go. We're going to do it quickly. Sean said it was Bevan. He wanted you to think it was an overdose. Nigel's 8 Nigel has his 18th insult here where he says, that's the wanker who auditioned in every city. Sean's like, no, no, he's really good. He sings like a bird. Lassiter and Juliet bring Bevan into the room. Lassiter says, Miss Saffron woke up out of her coma 
rabbit punched me in the sternum and remembered this guy is one of her assailants. Oh, I love it. Is it Gus again who says, and he wasn't working alone. He had a partner on the inside. And Shauna's like, dude. <laughs> Didn't he? Zabato. Love it when Rode does that. Um, and <laughs> Nigel St. Nigel starts to laugh. And he also says, are you sure it wasn't Lester? I'd love to see him in prison. <laughs> Number Which, 19. Thank you. <laughs> Number 20 was Zapato adores me. He can't even think. Yeah, he says he can't even speak. He can't think. At first, Zapato was like smiling along with like he adores me. And then when his ego started to get insulted, um, he confesses. Sean points out that Bevan is Zapato's biggest fan and they have become friends, but this didn't turn out to be the comeback that either of them had hoped. That's when Nigel St. Nigel does his number 21, which is, he can't even speak. How can he murder me? And that's when Zapatos goes, yes, I can. This was my show. This was my shot. This was my comeback. Because he was the first one hired for the show. <laughs> the boys do a fist bump. People don't even know who I am. I get fan letters addressed to Gerardo, Ricky Martin, and that guy from the El Bollo logo commercials. And then the guys high five and they're like, yeah, that's exactly who I was thinking of. <laughs> Zapato screams, why won't you die? And lunges after Nigel. Yeah, Nigel's he tries to Nigel. attack Nigel. And Nigel just goes, are you kidding me? <laughs> I can't sound like Tim Curry, so I'm just doing a bad man British accent. He's like, you're the worst murderer I've ever heard of. I sat two feet away from you all this time. You're so incompetent. That was number 22. I mean, you have to be absolutely, without a doubt, the worst murderer I have ever seen. He lunges again. And then that is when he gets caught and Tim Curry, a.k.a. Nigel St. Not-So-Nice, a.k.a. Nigel St. Nigel, says... Nirama. Making fun of Zapato again. Oh, he's the worst. <laughs> that was number 22, friends. But don't worry, there's more. <laughs> um, our last scene is the show night for American Duos. And the boys are on stage performing. Guess what they're wearing? The original school talent show outfits. From the beginning, where Sean and Gus were babies. Sean starts out singing Shout. Gus comes in in his Michael Jackson costume. <laughs> and he does the lines to the song in this beautiful Michael Jackson way, where instead of saying come on, he's saying shaman. <laughs> and he's doing all the dance moves. He's moonwalking across the stage. He's like, I can't even, I don't, do they all have names? They're just the Michael Jackson dance moves. <laughs> a lot of the moves were actually from the original Thriller music video that he did. He does part of the Thriller dance, yes. Everybody loves them. Yeah, it just it's standing O's like throughout the performance. And after they're done and they're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nigel glares around and just yells, sit. And everybody goes silent and sits back down. Nigel gives his feedback on their performance. Boom. <laughs> which is number 23. You look like a couple of rodeo clowns up there. Nothing was in sync. Your hairstyles are ridiculous. You butchered a terrific song 
and it's time you went home. We got a hair reference in there and uh, Nigel saying not so nice insult. The crowd just boos and they walk off the stage. Oh, that's not the end. Oh, I was going to leave that part out. Oh, yeah. He just says, please spare us additional torture and then makes an 1144 really insensitive comment that we're not going to repeat. But that is the closing remark. And they're just like putting their hands up like whatever and stalking off like you can't break me down, man. And that's the end. It's beautiful. (sighs) Absolutely beautiful. That I mean, I want that song on a playlist as they sang it and performed it. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even begin to number the number of pop culture references in that episode. And I would bet money that you and I miss some. Oh, 100%. I would definitely say that as many Nigel St. Nigel, Mr. Not-So-Nice insults, there have to be more pop culture references. Oh, yes. Because they were said by everyone in every scene. (laughs) If you caught a pop culture reference that Kaylee and I did not catch... Please write to us at to the blueberry podcast at gmail.com. We will happily talk about you and how smart you are and the pop culture reference that you caught. You want to send us a clip like we asked for near the end of season one. We will build you into the podcast and everybody can hear you talking. Like if you want to be on the podcast, that would be sweet. That is to the blueberry podcast at gmail.com. Kaylee, what's that again? To the blueberry podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> so, I don't even know where to end this. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much else. We got a little bit of everybody. We had Henry. We had Chief. We had Juliet being bossy. Laster falling in love with a messy woman. Well, we had Buzz McNabb. Yeah. And then we had an awesome, actually a couple of pretty awesome guest stars. But obviously, Tim Curry was a huge get for them. Oh my gosh. And this is only season two, you guys. Like... Really, they can do whatever they want. <laughs> now, I do think it's possible. We're going to do a little USA Network cross-reference right here. I do think it's possible that at the same time that USA Network had Tim Curry on Psych, he was also playing a somewhat reoccurring character on the show Monk, which was also a USA Network, where he played Dale the Whale. Now, Oh my gosh. Dale the Whale kind of has two stints. In the first stint, it's Tim Curry, but by the second stint, it's somebody else. But I probably should actually go and like fact check myself, but I'm not going to. But I would bet that that stint on Monk was pretty close in timeline to this episode on Psych. Yeah, I um, think so there's some because Monk was happening on USA Network, and USA Network was really trying to get interesting new shows and really branch out and become something of a network, they could put a show like Psych on and a, sh- a show like Psych could be made and like be given the license that it was given. And mm-hmm. so like really thank you to Monk. I was definitely watching it before Psych was introduced. And then I was like, back to back to back. Give me more of yep. this. Because <laughs> they did. They showed one after another and it was beautiful. And then by the end of the series... We actually get another, at least one other monk reference, if not more. So I'll be watching for those. So my friends, um, this was a very long episode, but if you didn't expect it to be a long episode, you need to get out of town because there was too much here. I'm Alexis, and now we gotta add the moonwalk to shout and hope the judges don't slam us for it. And I'm Kaylee. Define supposed to be. And this has been... To the the Blueberry! Psych out.